the National Football League and Aristocrat Gaming are excited to announce NFL-themed slot machines only from Aristocrat Gaming. Visit aristocratgaming.com to learn more about the NFL's and Aristocrat's NFL-themed slot machines. Gambling problem? Please contact the U.S. National Problem Gambling Helpline at 1-800-522-4700. New Jersey at 1-800-GAMBLER. New York at 877-8-H-O-P-E-N-Y or text H-O-P-E-N-Y 46769 for 21 and older. Welcome to Women Winning Divorce with your host, Heather Quick. Heather brings over 20 years of law experience that advocates and empowers women to achieve happier and healthier lives. Each week, we provide knowledge and guidance on different aspects of family law to help lead women through the difficult and emotional legal challenges that they are facing. Listen in as she discusses issues including divorce, custody, alimony, paternity, narcissism, mediation, and other family law issues to provide insight on the journey of women winning divorce. Welcome to the show. I'm Julie Morgan and I'm joined by your host, Heather Quick. Hi, Heather. How are you today? I'm doing great, Julie. How are you? I'm doing quite well. You know, today's topic is, I remember touching on this in the first show, what, three months ago, it seems like? I think so. Wow. Yes. Physical and emotional abuse. This is a serious topic. When we think about domestic violence, How frequently is it reported to police? I don't think it's very frequent. I just feel that way. It's not. And then, you know, an interesting statistic is last year in the state of Florida, there were more than 120,000 cases of domestic violence reported. But countless go unreported. And I just would venture a guess probably 50 to 60% do not get reported. Even, you know, just thinking of when I've had conversations with women in our office and they're just not going to go forward with it. They aren't ready. They can't. They're too afraid. That has to be an emotional conversation. I know I've said this before about other conversations as well, but it has to be an emotional conversation, kind of draining um, just to to possibly be there talking to someone who doesn't want to take this important step, but really needs to. It is. It, you know, and I think that many times they will be relaying what's been going on in the relationship to uh, one of our attorneys. And it becomes apparent to us very quickly because of our experience and you hear certain things that we can tell, you know, the woman like, this is not normal. I want you to understand what I'm hearing. I'm concerned for your safety. And sometimes, you know, they know it deep inside, but it takes one, their courage, honestly, to share that with you. I mean, it is confidential, but it still takes a lot to tell somebody. And then when they can hear that very often, that helps them have the courage to know this is the route maybe, or let's explore what are your options in that instance, because physical abuse, you know what, you know that, right? I I mean, you've been hit, pushed, you know that. The threat though, and the, that type of use, the verbal and emotional that that once it really takes to that level, many women sometimes 
it doesn't seem as obvious. So they're like, well, maybe that's not, you know, you convince yourself otherwise. And I know we're going to talk more about emotional abuse in the second segment, but um, yeah, that just made me want to ask even more questions. Oh boy. So are there any laws in Florida designed to protect victims of abuse? Yes. So Florida has firm domestic violence laws designed to protect victims and their children. And they're, you know, there's the criminal side that defines a domestic assault, domestic battery, aggravated battery, and also, you know, to the extent sexual battery and stalking can go to kidnapping, false imprisonment. So there's, there is a line of strong criminal laws that protect victims. And in addition to that, there are civil laws that provide for an individual victim of domestic violence or abuse or who is in fear for their life to get an injunction for protection against domestic violence. But that has to be a big step. Indeed it is. And and it's scary because it very often, most of the time, I mean, these things take place, you know, within your home. Nobody's around. There's no witnesses. And they've told you, as abusers frequently do, no one's going to believe you. Nobody's going to believe what you say. It's my word against your word. And you don't know what you're doing and you're crazy or, you know, unstable, things of that nature. And you begin to believe that. And so that also is your fear. Like, who's even going to believe me if I were to come forward um, on this? And that is a form of psychological abuse. Oh, absolutely. Yes. So you think about that. Oh, and I know I'm just going off into different different areas, right? But if you, really it is because you're abusing them physically and then psychologically you're telling them, oh, no one's going to believe you. And that also has an emotional component as well. It does. And it, um, I'm sure, you know, when we touch on it on the emotional side and, you know, many people have heard that term like gaslighting and, you know, as associated with narcissists, which, you know, we talk a lot about that and it's a real thing. And you within your own home and living with this person think maybe you are going crazy and think maybe, and you start to believe what they tell you about a situation, about yourself. And within within cases that have this type of abuse, it's very typical that you have become isolated. Your husband and, you know, with this domestic violence and domestic abuse, that can be for a boyfriend, you know, anyone you have a romantic relationship with. So you don't even have to be married necessarily. But part of that and what happens with that is a isolation from your family and friends because they are trying to remove you from those contacts. And, you know, when you go out with your friends, what you have to deal with when you get back is just so uncomfortable that you just stop doing it. And then now all of a sudden you are with this person all the time or hear this all the time that it's hard for you to see that it's just not true or how abusive it is. Oh, so many, so many topics right there. But when you think about it, you know, everything becomes a cycle, really. This can be a vicious cycle that just continues for generations. And the person who it started with 
they don't even realize that this could happen. But that's how important it is to to leave. Absolutely. And in in all, you know, abusive and even just dysfunctional relationships, what women sometimes don't or they don't want to recognize is what do you think you're teaching your children? I mean, we all our first lesson in relationships is the one of our parents. How is it not? That's where you live. That's what you see day in, day out. And that's what girls learn to say, oh, okay, that's what I accept. This is what I'll put up with. And that's the, what boys learn is that's how I treat a woman, period. And I mean, that's just common sense if anybody thinks about it. It's, it's true. So why do people stay? Why would someone stay in an abusive relationship? Why not just leave? Financially, it can be very scary and you may have no real understanding or access to funds and, and, and feel like, where would I go? Uh, one, yeah, where would I go? How would I pay to go anywhere? And he's told me he will kill me if I leave. Now, is that a drastic scenario? It's more common than you would think. And, you know, I had this explained to me by an amazing woman who is with the police force, but was a victim of domestic violence. And what she said is when he choked her to the point that she thought she might die, that didn't give her the strength to be like, I got to get out of here. He's going to kill me. She's like, then I knew he can do it. He could really do this to me. And that was eye opening to me to the severity of the the psychological hold and what that fear it's like okay it's so bad here but i be, now i know i know he can definitely go through with it and he very well may that became a barrier as well i mean yes she eventually got out and talks about it and helps people so much but that um you know, and I saw it in your face because I felt the same way when I heard that. I thought, wow, I would never have thought that. No, I would never have thought that that would be that extra level of fear that he was counting on. Right, because you and I are thinking, okay, well, now th- this is it. Like, this this was so bad, I got to go. Mm, no, not necessarily because of just in that relationship and being so afraid that leaving will be even worse and you'll you really will be dead it's it's very it's very real and it's behind closed doors and you know it can happen across all socioeconomic racial religious it's everywhere it there is not one facet of society that is exempt from this You know what? I'm glad you said that because some people believe that, believe otherwise that, oh, something like this could never affect someone that lives next door to me. That is what people think and they are wrong. They're very mistaken because that's the truth, Julie. Like all this stuff we've talked about for these months, it's happening all around us and because it's in their home, you know, and it's. People don't share that and they're afraid and there's so much. You just never, never know. And I, after doing this for so many years, I I know that for a fact. You just never know what's going on with a person, their relationship. You don't. It's very complex. 
Yeah, those four walls are very thick. And people who have never been in an abusive relationship, they may not even, they're not going to understand why you won't leave. They really do. They just won't. Correct. It's, you know, until you have become educated on how deeply psychological this is in this cycle of violence, you you can't understand and you just can't. And that's where um, it takes even more strength. I, you know, for an individual, she's like, I don't know that people will understand and what they'll think. And you got to just protect yourself. And, you know, many times they're shocked. Even your own family is shocked by what they have learned and they, they find it hard to believe that's where account. Oh man, you want to talk about where counseling and just so much help because it takes so much courage just physically to walk out, but just that emotional and to be able to go through with it. it it's very, it's a lot. It's a lot. You really need all the right support and the support of a counselor specifically for, you know, victims of domestic violence and abuse. You know what I thought about? It's difficult to say, you know what, I I would like to, to end this relationship. I want to get a divorce. But when you add this component to it, it's even more difficult. Yes. But it may seem like, it should be even easier because you really have a reason, a life or death reason. It does to those of us who haven't had that experience. Yeah, uh, That's what I've learned, you know, and it, that's who it seems easy for. Be, but we are operating from a objective, rational decision making, not intertwined emotionally, romantically and been abused to this point for so long. And, you know, an additional thing that I want to add that I have learned in my experience in doing this is for a woman who has been in an abusive relationship over time and, and definitely where there's this type of, you know, severe physical abuse many times in order to cope, they they do turn towards alcohol, maybe prescription medications to such an extent because it's very difficult to live in their situation they are. And what that then also weakens their ability, you know, and their self-esteem has definitely been eroded. But it also many times they then present even to police officers as unreliable because maybe they have been drinking and there's there's a there's still so much lack of understanding um as to how complex this is that I share that because I I understand and I think anybody when you put it in that like they're they're re- trying to cope and then now that becomes another issue that then the abuser uses against them. Mm. You're listening to Women Winning Divorce with Heather Quick, owner and attorney of Florida Women's Law Group. Heather, what is emotional abuse? So um, when we look at emotional abuse, it is 
really just as destructive as physical abuse. And unlike like bruises or broken bones, which we would all agree is clearly an indication of abuse, this damage is not as visible. And it attacks the victim's self-esteem, confidence, overall mental health, so that they even sometimes have a hard time verbalizing the abuse. Like, they've just been so controlled and and, um, broken down. The abuse you don't necessarily see. Right. Even the victim doesn't see like let's be clear of that because not every not even other people see the other physical abuse but you you yourself you don't see you know bruises or marks wait a minute she may not know that she's being emotionally abused there's a part somewhere in her i would believe that knows this isn't right this isn't good for me but very often not and very often just because it's too scary to even see that, see it as that. I had no idea. One is bad, but this is, this, this seems like also, I don't know, you don't want either. Absolutely not. But this seems like another level because something you don't see, possibly, and other people, they won't see it. And then you it could go on for even longer because you don't see it. Right. And, you know, at first it's subtle and and then it escalates. And many times, because it's really all about control and intimidation. And so very often it doesn't start like that. No, because who wants to like go on a first date with somebody who acts like that and controlling them or whatever? It starts with you're the center of their world and you're you know, flowered with attention and all of this wonderfulness and you're the best thing ever and I want to be with you all the time and you're great. So it really feeds to your ego and even maybe too where there's a lower self-esteem, but they are just doting on you and it's wonderful. It's wonderful. Probably like, you know, to the excess, you're like, this is kind of a lot, but you know, in the right situation, you love it and you just think you're the best thing ever. And He's obsessed with you, but that's obsessed is not good. (laughs) Um, And because then over time, it turns. And so it's control and a dot times a little jealousy and things. And then it, it evolves into so much more of a, you know, negative, abusive type situation. That sounds like Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. Yes. And usually um, they are, you know, Mr. Um, Charismatic, you know, can be very successful and, you know, the life of the party very, you know, on out outside the home. And, you know, getting all this attention because they're feeding all their ego, you know, and they're very self-absorbed and, you know, then, but then at home, it's just a completely different situation. So how does emotional abuse affect them? I know you mentioned self-esteem. Anything else? Well, yeah. So the self-esteem part, I think, is huge because it's this feeling of insecurity and worthlessness independency so that's the and that's the power kind of play that 
evolves with the relationship. So you may start out equal dating, whatever, but it's this power play to create a dependency and to expose a vulnerability so that then you feel trapped. They, they It slowly erodes away everything that you had in outside support to where now you're completely reliant upon this individual. I've seen situations where, you know, they are, and we're not going to talk about the financial aspect, but it, it, it's another way to control somebody. So that it always tends to show up, but like to the point where they just give you a credit card that they can turn on, turn off, turn on, turn off. You don't have any access to like the banking or whatever. Again, creating a complete dependency and such a feeling of vulnerability. What are some of the examples of emotional abuse? You know, part of like what we touched on controlling their daily life and from, you know, where are you going or when will you be back? You know, I want to know where you are all the time. Now, this can be, you know, it's very easy nowadays with our iPhones and there's some there's some secret ways they can kind of go in and put that in in your phone so they always know where you are. And again, it, it builds slowly, but then they'll be like, what'd you buy at Target? And you get a call and you're like, well, what are you talking about? You know, and they're tracking alerts on the debit or credit card or they see where your car is. Isolating from friends and family. So then they kind of will create outbursts with maybe your family members and then tell you, I'm not going over there anymore or we're not going to see them. And it's shocking the amount of women that will then remove themselves from those relationships and distance themselves from their own family. And that was just something that he created so he can get you alone and you don't you don't interact with him. Correct. You don't have a, a, a source of support. And many times, not always, many times, um, your family can clearly see it. And then they may say, you need to leave, which then you're in such the denial and, you know, not seeing what's happening. And you may get mad, but they really are there for most of the people. It's just you think you've burned that bridge with your own family. And, And you may have, you know, just everybody's situation's different, but, you know, they can see it clearly. It gets to a point, eventually, your family usually can, and then you've been completely isolated from them. Um, Same with your friends. You'll find you don't really have friends that you hang out with, and any people that y'all do, it's only together and where he can kind of control that situation. Very much, um, and this goes back to the self-esteem, like you'll see the insults and criticizing the way you, you know, your appearance, you know, what you do your interests, your, you know, even like, oh, this house is a mess. These clothes are, you know, you look terrible. You're, you know, overweight. You ought to exercise, you know, mean, verbally abusive. And it, you know, goes with everything else, you know, eroding that self-esteem. And, you know, I think about that and you could be doing all you can, right? So, the clothes may be right next to the the washer and dryer right, right now at this moment, but it's because you're doing laundry, <laughs> not because the house is just fil- filthy. It's because I'm doing laundry right now. But then you could think, oh, no, the house is filthy. Because, right, because he's eroded into your brain and that's where you don't, 
you're not thinking normally. You're not being, you're not in a normal situation. And um, it tends to then, he's always the victim in a lot of these things and it's your fault. So it's really, you know, it's so destructive. It permeates, you know, through everything. And then even, you know, may want you to dress up and tell you, look, but then they're going to accuse you of flirting or of cheating and you always are having to prove yourself. So it is very exhausting for women in these situations because, again, it didn't happen overnight. It builds over time. And, you know, it's kind of like, Julie, they wake up one day and, and maybe something happens. Their friend, somebody actually gets them to our office. They start telling, they can they don't have to get very far into the story. And then I can really say, and this happens and this happens and this happens. And they're like, Oh my gosh, how did you know? You know, they are so in it. It's harder to see it. And, you know, a lot of times they will describe it. That home life is walking on eggshells. Never know when he's going to go off at you, the kids or anything. You just never know. Something you just mentioned, you said never know when they'll go off on you or the kids. When you mess with the a woman's child, right, that's not something that really makes them say, oh, no, 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 no. I think for most women, they will stay in that, like thinking, well, I'll just continue to take it as long as he doesn't start this with the kids. But there is, I mean, if you're, because they're using the threats, the intimidation, the fear, there, there's the sense of that in the house. And most often, you know, that, that would, I say, it would say be the most likely time when that's what helps women really, they might not get out for themselves, but they will for the kids. You know, they'll, they'll remove themselves from that situation because They've taken it long enough, but now that it's turning and they'll they'll see that verbal abuse with the children, they will realize, okay, this this has got to stop. I've got to get out of this situation. When you talk to someone, when someone comes into your office, okay, well, let's let's kind of go back. Emotional abuse. Is it usually someone who else who said you should go talk to someone? As opposed with domestic violence, the physical abuse, does it take that person to do it? Does that make sense? Like the person that prompts them to come into your office, is it themselves for physical abuse and someone else for emotional abuse? Or does it just vary? Because it's just... I think it varies. And I think it varies on the length of time of the abuse. And and usually there becomes... There's an intervening event, and that could just be like an awakening, like, I can't do this. But usually there's an intervening event, and at that point, it's too much to bear the pain versus maybe the comfort that you are perceiving, you know, the certainty of the relationship and knowing, hey, I don't have to worry about money or whatnot, all really false, but that's what we make make ourselves believe. And something happens to make, to cause them to take action. And it's usually now there's something they're even more afraid of. And that for most humans, that's what really 
because it's a barrier. It's a fear barrier that they are overcoming. It is, you know, a big step to call a divorce attorney and, and then come make an appointment show up. I mean, it, it, it's a really, it takes a lot of courage because most women think about this for years, but now they've actually gone and taken that first step and it, it takes a lot. So some things usually happen to give them that courage. And it could just be their own conviction. Like they finally, something happened. They've seen something. They've experienced something to say, I've got to go. Or if it's a friend, you know, maybe they went and a friend shared with them, like, I know what's going on. Like, you know, you're not alone. We support you. That's their aha moment, for lack of a better way to put it. I think that's a good way to explain it. You know, random question. How many no-shows do you have? I, I feel like that number, I wonder. You don't have to answer that because you may not be able to answer that. But I just, I just thought about that. You know, because divorce in itself is just such a big step. And so I think calling a divorce attorney and then saying, oh, no, okay, I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to do this. And I just don't show up. I just don't show up. Mm. All right. Don't mind me. We have, you know, a system, a process with um, the individuals on the phone to really work them through that because we just don't have the somebody on standby who can, you know, not meet with people who really need to be met with and lose time on the calendar. And somebody had to wait a week because we have somebody who said they wanted to come in and don't show up. So we really spend a, a lot of time with um, women who call our office. And, and make sure that they understand there are very few spots to come in and meet with us. And, you know, those are reserved for individuals who are really ready to take that step and give them hopefully a little bit of courage that they can do this, you know, for themselves and their family. You're listening to Women Winning Divorce with Heather Quick, owner and attorney of Florida Women's Law Group. Heather, let's talk about domestic violence and divorce. Does domestic violence have any impact on divorce itself? It does. It does very, very much so um, in, in many different facets. But primarily, what, you know, what I would really do want any woman listening to this to understand is that if there is an issue of domestic violence, we take that very seriously, as do the courts. And it is not a strategy in a divorce to use maybe an allegation of domestic violence. And, you know, I, of course, I would never, you know, propose that I take it very seriously. And there is, it's absolutely inappropriate to waste any type of, you know, court resources for something that's not real. But that being said, we have been doing this for many years. I mean, I started my law career as a prosecutor and, you know, spent time in the domestic violence division. So I, I do have a lot of education and I know it from many different, you know, from angles, I would say, you know, and how it works in the court system, but also in divorce. So our attorneys are trained that way as well. So when we're talking to you and we hear what we believe to be that we are going to go down that road with the client, like I said, even if they don't bring it up. And 
if, you know, our client says, well, I don't really want to say anything unless we have to, um, I will tell you that that doesn't, I, I don't do that in our office because if it's real and this is happening, we address it in the ways we have the availability in the legal system or we don't because this isn't something well we'll use it or if we need it it doesn't work that way because that's we talked about it earlier in the case domestic violence and these issues behind closed door he said she said that's a credibility issue if you are afraid for your safety then you are afraid and we bring that forward we don't use that later uh you know to negotiate so that's the first thing because that is very, very important. And many people might think, you know, oh, that's why they file these. And there may be individuals. There's certainly in every asset of the law and, you know, all kind of areas, people find an angle and think that that would be appropriate. But, you know, we really advocate that if this is an issue in your marriage, we need to address this first and then proceed forward with the divorce and how it affects or comes into play in the divorce, like I said, will vary because there's children, you know, how does that affect the economics? And um, those will be case by case basis. And we can, you know, dive into that a little bit deeper based on some of those areas. Okay. Okay. What if someone says, I just don't want to use this a, at all. I understand if I don't talk about it or we don't bring this up at the beginning, we're not going to bring it up at the end, but I just don't want to use this at all. I, I you know, I, I don't want my children to find out or, you know, that type of thing. What if someone says that? Well, I mean, they, they have to want to protect themselves and move forward. And you know, I would respect that. And if they just want to move forward with a divorce and then, you know, hopefully we get them into counseling, you know, to where they can deal with it. And, 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 you know, if they say, well, I'm really not afraid and okay, well that that's a big part of an injunction, you know, that they have to be afraid. So if they're not afraid, okay, maybe you guys have been duking it out and I don't mean to minimize that, you know, but they're like, I'm not afraid of them. Like, and I have to respect that as the person talking to me and say, okay, well then that would not be appropriate, but please be careful at home as we're going through this divorce situation. If you two aren't separated, he could come after you um, for either criminal domestic violence and or an injunction. Um, so that's also a situation that has happened and they, the man can turn it on the woman. So we tried to say, you know, be smart, be very careful if you two are going to remain in the same house and, and there's this volatility. I didn't even think about that. He could flip it, but, yep. oh, wow. Okay. My first thought is that someone would say, yes, I'm afraid. But there are people that say, no, I'm good. I'm not, I'm not scared of them. Right. And that is a part of an element. I know you're thinking what, but yes. Yeah, so it, it's true. OK, 
Okay. Yeah, I wasn't expecting you to say that. I really was not. I just, oh boy. Okay. But what if someone says, I am afraid, and they don't have a place to go? What happens then? Well, we have in, in you know, the Northeast Florida area, within these multiple counties, there are many shelters. There are options. They may not be your favorite option. They may not be what you want, but they, there are some options that we absolutely would refer them to. Okay, that's good. That's good. Can someone force their spouse out of the house? Well, with an injunction, so in the domestic violence, um, if you are granted an injunction, usually you are able to stay in the home and they have to leave. They can't come within 500 feet of you. And so that's why I do tell women to be very careful because he may very well go file one and you're out of the house and here you thought, no, we're just going to kind of let all that stuff go and just get divorced. So that can be a real twist. And you really walk them through this and explain to them, this is what could happen. Be mindful. Yeah, absolutely. I, um, you know, we've, we have the experience that we can tell them these are situations I've seen. Don't, you know, you come back and say, hey, oh, hey, Heather, you were right after you got arrested and an injunction on you. I don't really want to hear that. I want to hear you followed us from the get-go and didn't end up in that situation, which can happen really so very easily and, and something that you would say, well, you know, I threw a pencil at him and we were, and I was aggravated, but then the police come because he calls the police or you had called the police of what he did. And I'm not telling you not to be truthful, but there's a reason we do have, you know, our constitutional rights and you just kind of tell the police what happened. You may be very well be the one in the back of the police car. That's all I'm going to say. And it's very often that that can happen because people are naive and they are not appreciating the levels to which their spouse may go. All right. This is a thought. And I, I think I know the answer. So if, if I get arrested, I can't call you, right? Because you're not a criminal attorney. That is correct. We don't. We will refer you to a criminal attorney uh, for sure. But yeah, we um, we really won't be involved in that. You know, we'll we'll help you through the injunction. We'll work with you know a criminal attorney on that matter. But yeah, and and it's just it's a rare. Well, I don't know how rare it is, Julie. But again, it's just like what you don't know what you don't know. And too often, women are much too naive about the realities of what this guy is going to do and is willing to do. And that's where we try to say, listen, I don't know him. You do. But these are things that could happen. Be mindful. Be smart. You know, you know it's not a time to really be nice. Nice has nothing to do with it. Be smart. And that's you know, the way I feel about it. And particularly when there are children involved and all of a sudden, if he manipulates the system, gets an injunction and you're out of the house and he's there with the kids. Okay. Now we're starting a divorce and yeah, that puts you at a disadvantage. Sure it does. Wow. 
you know, this is, you're in a line of work that, you know, in someone's personal life, it may feel good to say, I told you so. But it does not feel good for you to to say, I told you so, which I know you wouldn't say that. But when someone does not heed the advice that you're giving them, I mean, really, I told you so. I told you that this was going to happen. And you do not have to respond to any of this. I'm just, but that's what I'm thinking, you know? That's what I'm thinking. Those are my thoughts. Uh, and I, you know, and Klein said, you told me this would happen. And, and like I said, that's not what I want to have. That's not the conversation I want to have. We're right. having a conversation so that I can help you prepare yourself based on my experience in this area. Don't know, you know, the two of you involved, but usually we know enough to say, you know, look out for this. And, you know, for the women who heed that advice, they appreciate for the women who don't, though, they do appreciate that I told them. And they certainly do come back and say, now, please help us um, help me because I didn't listen. Um, you know, and it's just I, I think that you don't always hear it. You know, I know we've talked about that, Julie, you know, when you're you when depending on where you are in the process and there's just so much that going on psychologically, you're just not ready to hear that. And so you don't and you tune it out and you don't do it. And you think, no, this is different. We're different. <laughs> and, and, you know, and so that that's the, you know, interesting, ever-changing part about what we do. Because humans are humans and they're going to do what they're going to do. And, you know, because they are like, no, I believe this would be a better way to do it. And, you know, have at it. How does this affect or how could it affect alimony? You know, from a perspective of when we talk about domestic violence and divorce, it is a no-fault state. So just because, you know, the worse you are doesn't mean, you know, that that is necessarily going to mean you would have to pay more alimony or anything like that. But generally, in particularly like emotional abuse situations and even in physical abuse, because the nature of all that and everything we discuss, many times many women do not work outside the home or limited. So they are going to be in need of alimony and that is going to, you know, be, you know, a reason that they didn't work. But also, you know, when we look at alimony, we look at your needs and, and of course their ability to pay, but a lot of therapy might be necessary. There may be a lot of things that really are more necessary that go into your need. And, um, you know, certainly in the interest of children, it, it does play a significant role if there is domestic violence, because now we're talking about the best interest of the children and their safety and how, how does the court, you know, order time sharing? How are you and your husband, ex-husband going to exchange the children when he is not allowed to contact you and you have a protective order. So a lot more at issue. I was wondering about that. And we brought this up in a um, in an earlier show dealing with time sharing. You can go to our website, womenwinningdivorce.com to listen to that episode. So in this situation, I was thinking also, all right, so there may be another party involved in the time sharing 
as far as making sure that the child is safe, like, you know, an extra person going along on the outing, right? Or no overnight visits, that type of thing. Right. There could, it could impact, particularly if there is evidence and findings that the children are at risk. So then, yes, we would be looking potentially at supervised visitation, maybe not overnight, you know, things that absolutely would be different than, you know, the norm of what's typically ordered. Bottom line, if you're going through this domestic violence or emotional abuse, share this with your attorney. It's confidential. So it's okay to share. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, that's that's what we're here for. We, we need to know this stuff so we can advise you. And you're not really, you're missing out on some valuable advice and insight on your particular situation if you don't share these things. Mm. Yeah. Anything else you want to add on this topic? I, I really think we've covered it. I mean, of course, we could continue talking. Yeah. Um, on so many of these issues, but I'm hopeful listeners got some good information today and, and maybe some eye-opening things for women who might recognize some of these things in a friend, you know, or a family member. And then that allows them some education and grace for where maybe those, those women are. That is so true. This is, this is for more than the person that is is going through divorce it's also for her friend as well absolutely yeah heather our time here is done in more ways than one i definitely i want to say goodbye to our listeners and you this is my last show it hurts but you're gonna well, be in good hands well julie we are are going to miss you i'm going to miss our conversations and I know the listeners will absolutely miss your your lovely, soothing voice and your insightful questions. And just so that the listeners know, we have done everything we can to bribe Julie and keep her here. But she has got bigger and better and greater adventures ahead of her. So maybe one day she'll she'll come visit. That is too funny. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, Julie. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Women Winning Divorce. We hope you found information to help you navigate your divorce. If you like our show, please take the time to subscribe and provide a five-star review. If you need more information, please visit our website at womenwinningdivorce.com, where you will find previous episodes and other helpful content. Join us next week as we continue our journey of Women Winning Divorce. On a cold February morning in Indianapolis, Tony Karitsis woke up got dressed, loaded his sawed-off shotgun, and drove to his bank. He wasn't there to steal anything. He was there to take his life back. American Hostage is a new podcast starring me, John Hamm, that tells the true story of one man who channeled the rage of a nation and took justice into his own hands. Follow American Hostage wherever you get your podcasts, or you can binge all eight episodes right now on Amazon Music or Wondery Plus.